Welcome to Teaching Without Losing It. And boy, uh, is that something I've had to remind myself of this past year. Um, I just finished year 27. And I'm going to be honest, prior to this year, I kind of thought I had everything in the bag. You know, I had a really good routine going. I knew what was going to work, what was not going to work, you know, because I teach the same thing um, year after year, French, uh, one, two, three, and four, you know, various combinations of that, not all four at once. Um, And, you know, I had my kind of standard way of presenting things, but man, (laughs) I really, uh, I had a challenge this year. Um, And I think a lot of us in the field did. I know a lot of us wonder if it had something to do with uh, those COVID years on the students. The main thing that my colleagues and I all seem to agree on is that the kids have been kind of socially shut down. Um, You know, we've been used to the phone addictions for a while, right? You know, the second they have free time, they, they got their nose in a phone. What, what's been odd this year for me that I've noticed is even when they don't have their phones, they won't talk to each other and they won't talk to me. And when I say they, obviously I'm not talking about all of them, but I'm talking about a much larger percentage than I had seen in the past. Um, it was not uncommon over all the years of teaching to have you know one or two kids you know, per class, perhaps, who were just so socially aloof, you know, chalk it up to extreme shyness, social anxiety, whatever. Um, This year, in most of my classes, I'm going to venture to say that at least 30 to 40%, and sometimes many more, were doing this. Um... One of my classes only had um, nine students in it. I'm not exaggerating when I say that two would openly talk with me. Um, I recently tried doing my usual art lesson with them. I do a lesson every year on um, French painting, and it goes from all the way back to the Renaissance uh, up through Surrealism, which is, you know, up through the, the 60s. And we look at paintings and they have to express whether they like them or not, you know, write down three words to describe each painting. And so, you know, I'll give them a minute to to jot that down and I'll say, okay, so what do you see in this? I'm not kidding when I say out of nine people in a class, one person would openly tell me what they thought. And it was the same person every time. Um that's that's jarring uh i you know me i i suppose if i were a student i would have said something just to break the awkwardness <laughs> i don't know you know that speaks to my anxiety but whatever but it was it was so astounding to me that in a class that intimate that they won't talk and uh they won't even talk to each other um and these are juniors I mean, these are not like intimidated little freshmen. So anyway, let me get off that for a minute. Um, So it's been an incredibly frustrating year. Um, 
you know, I used to think that having kids misbehaving and up to antics was was tough. I'll take that any day over dead silence. Truly. It was just terrible. And it made the year go so slowly. And the thing about teaching is it's obviously a hard job. We all know that. But for me, the fuel that gets me through the hard stuff is that fun relationship you have with the kids. It's the it's the chit-chat. It's the bonding. It's them telling me about something funny in their lives and me reacting to it and the other kids reacting to it. And this whole, you know, you cre- each, each class creates a little bit of a family or has in the past. So you've got, um, you know, I've, I used to say each of my class periods has a personality. And, um, you know, it's all how we feed off of each other and react off of each other. And I feel like I've done a good job over the years fostering positivity within that, you know. I kind of set the tone for the personality, or not the personality, I set the tone for how we're going to treat each other, right, in a class. Um, and this year, uh, I have, I had one class who acted what I would consider like a traditional class did. You know, there was a lot of silliness, a lot of fun, a lot of joking around with each other. They would tease me, I would tease them. Um but that was it. <laughs> it's just crazy. So what I've learned this year is that, you know, no matter how long you've been doing this, you're going to have to pivot. Um, I'm already trying to put some things in place for next year to try to prevent this from happening. Um, and I've been talking to some of my colleagues about, you know, how are we going to draw these kids out and make this uh you know, try to, I hate to use the word force, but try to, you know, dangle a big enough carrot that they're going to interact with me and the others in the class. Uh, Not an easy thing to figure out, but, you know, I'm sure I'll powwow with some colleagues and we'll talk about it and figure something out. So, um, yeah, it's, it's been a heck of a year and, I, you know, on the one hand, it was very frustrating. On the other hand, I feel like I learned, wow, you, you can't ever assume you've got it down pat. Because the, 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 the thing is, is even if your lessons are the same and your jokes are the same and your whatever is the same, the kids are constantly changing. And this current generation who was so affected by those COVID years is really different. And, you know, I've gone from teaching um, kids who did not grow up at all with the internet, you know, uh, to kids who kind of got the internet when they were in, you know, maybe nine, 10 years old, and now kids who have grown up with the internet, um, digital natives, they call them. And I've been able to kind of work with that, you know, and pivot and, uh, you know, cater to those particular types of brains because they are very different. And anyone who's been teaching as long as I have can back me up on that. Um, The things I was able to do in the 90s with my students, uh, their attention spans, I I could never do that today. Literally never. It's just a whole different world. I joke that everyone has ADHD now, 
Um, and it's kind of true. You know, the attention spans are just really low for the most part. And so, you know, they just can't sustain um, paying attention to one thing for more than five, six minutes. And uh, so, you know, here I am again. Uh, what am I going to do with the students who are so shut down socially? Um, I, I will say this about teaching uh, and myself. I love a challenge. Problem solving for me is a lot of fun. Um, so uh, while this has been frustrating, I also find it uh, challenging to think about what I'm going to do for next year. And then the great experiment begins, right? I'm going to put these things in place, whatever they may be, and we'll see how it goes. And if it goes well, I can share some of my findings with my colleagues, and hopefully they'll do the same for me. Um, so, yeah, I just wanted to throw out this notion of, uh, you know, ch we do have challenging years. It doesn't mean you have to quit the profession. Um uh, no shade against anyone who does choose to leave, you know, we all do it for, for various reasons. Um, I, I'm staying for several reasons, um, most notably money. And uh, I'm eight years from retirement now, so I'd be a fool to jump ship at this point when I'm going to get a pretty good um, pension. But I also, again, I like when situations challenge me, I like to see what I can do with that to change course. So um, I hope for your sake, you've had an easier year than I've had. Uh, man, it has been rough. Um, but if you've had a bad year like mine, um, you know, think about instead of just, you know, starting your summer and saying, ah, I'm just going to forget about all this. I don't want to think about it. I don't want to deal with it. Um, you know, at some point, just try and brainstorm, you know, like three, four things you could put into place next year that might turn the tide a little bit, you know, they may work, they may not. But there's a, to me, there's a, a relief in coming up with a, a plan for next year that might make things better. So I, and I honestly, I tend to do that um, right after school's out because I'm still in school brain mode. Um, and I've got the momentum, but, uh, you know, talk to me uh, end of June and forget it. I mean, I'm, I'm, my brain's slush at that point. So that's when I try to capitalize on it is right away when I'm like, hmm, I'm still here. I'm still thinking about it. What am I going to do for next year that might be different? So uh, happy summer to those of you uh, up here in the Northern Hemisphere. Um, and, uh, you know, to, to everybody, I hope whenever your school year ends and you get a break that you uh, relish it and really kick back and enjoy yourself and, uh, you know, recharge that battery because, man, do we need it. All right. Thank you always for listening. Bye-bye.